0: Welcome walking by the ABCA Coaches Conference and Convention. Welcome to our live-ish episode number 81 of the USA Volleyball Show. We are the official podcast of USA Volleyball. I am your co-host Clarence. I will hand it over to this lovely gentleman next to me to introduce himself.
1: Yeah, uh, also co-host on the podcast, uh, Stephen Munson. I'm also the digital media engagement uh, manager at USA Volleyball, basically long title. I didn't know to- we were announcing titles too, <laughs> that's know. crazy. Nobody here knows who <laughs> I am. Uh, basically a long title to say that I'm the social media manager mm-hmm. at USA Volleyball as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, and we have a very special guest joining us. I'm going to let you actually introduce yourself. I was going to go. Am
2: I? Do I get to go? Do I yeah, say myself? Absolutely. Um, Spotlight on uh, <laughs> floor is yours. Nikki Sandler. Organically, of course. Organically, I actually had a title change, so we're going to say oh, titles today. Great. Uh, Headman's volleyball coach, director of volley, assistant AD, diversity and inclusion designee. Oh my gosh. Um,
1: Congratulations on the new title. Chain. Thank yeah. you. King of
2: the North. That's all that too. I feel like I mean, we should have King started of off with yeah.
1: been the name. what don't you do. I feel like you do it all.
2: Uh, I could, do you want me to go into NTDP? Or I, <laughs> I'm also running the U1920 program for the Wonder that's Training right. Series. That's right. So, uh, that's okay. coming
1: up here in Anaheim. Is that yes, correct? Yes, 27th yeah. through 30th. So yeah. you don't sleep.
2: I don't sleep. I also have kids dog
1: boyfriend all the things okay. does that all fit onto a business card that you're handing out here at the convention
2: <laughs> um i think if you would ask my friends my acronym would be something quite different but yes
1: <laughs> yes uh, that's how it works well uh i guess speaking of the convention we are live here on the podcast stage at the abca convention here in tampa florida much better weather than Omaha last year. Yeah, uh, I don't Omaha know if you were was in freezing. Omaha. It was yeah. absolutely yeah. terrible.
0: Was so we cold. actually had to drive to Omaha too. We did.
2: So. I only fly. We're only doing that. <laughs> we're only flying.
0: We tried to say that. They were like, uh, get in the car. But yeah, but, but yeah, we're, we're here at to... the
1: convention center. Or, sorry, yeah, the convention center at the ABCA convention. What uh, I guess this year are your impressions of the convention? Is it you know same old same old good reunion to see everybody? What, what's what do you like about um, the convention?
2: I'll say this year in particular, it's it's been pretty good because I think this is the first time that we've been, at least I have been, to a convention in warmer climate. Okay. Yeah. So I, uh, the impression is a lot... Mm-hmm. People are more friendly right now because yeah. it's enjoyable outside. It's not Omaha. Yeah, uh, Kansas Columbus, City was great. Was say, Columbus what, was...
0: What number of year is this for you?
2: Uh, my first convention was in 2012. Okay. okay. So... I will say the two coldest was Columbus was like a snowstorm. And then Omaha last year, I've been to Omaha twice and they have both have been freezing. And this uh-huh. is now some reprieve and, and, the sun, because mm-hmm. I haven't really
0: seen the sun, but it's been warm. We got here Wednesday afternoon, and we saw like the last bit of sun, and then from, since then it's just been kind of gloomy and. No, but this was- is
2: this experience has been great. Um, yeah. I really think Tampa has done an excellent job yeah. branding the championship as far as yeah. the the wrapped buses, the um, engagement in the gym. Yeah. Um, I think it's been phenomenal so far. So I no complaints.
1: Yeah, the we were we walked by the fan experience outdoors outside of the arena mm-hmm. uh, for the semifinals. That was really cool too.
2: That I that has not been something that I've taken place in. And maybe I just don't know the infrastructure of the other cities, but yeah. I would love to come back to Tampa because yeah. it is a fan experience. It is, yeah. you know, engaging the athletes, um, the recipient or not recipients, uh, the convention goers. Right. It's an all inclusive kind of thing. And I don't know if I've actually had that experience at other cities. Yeah. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, Tampa specifically really no sports. I mean, Tampa Bay lightning two times yeah. Stanley cup champions, um, I'm a I'm Blues fan, by the way, like, so I'm I'm okay with I'm that. I'm a Kings okay, okay, fan slash Avalanche fan, so right. you know it's fine. But you know, we're okay. this is a very central hub and a great hub to have, you know, sporting events there too. So mm-hmm. that fan experience outside was very great. They had a projector outside and everything. So they're yeah. doing doing good things too. And the, the matches last night were yeah, I was going to say really
1: impressions good. on the
2: matches. The impressions really on the matches is I uh, I'm in awe. Um, I'm really uh, granted I'm leaving tomorrow but I'm really excited for the championships on yeah. Sunday because um, of course I feel like it's evil versus evil no one wants anyone to win it's Above like all ah, all powers, right? yes. yeah. ah it's Texas <laughs> we don't want them to win ah Nebraska we don't want them to win but yeah. it, Steve it's is from Dallas now. Because I was going to say, but, I'm okay. a,
1: well, I was going to say I'm a Cowboys fan, so I'm used to that Ooh. as well. But no, yeah, no, it's
2: no, it's it's going to be like a the horse. battle of the Titans yeah. tomorrow, yeah. and I think it's
1: going to be uh, a championship for the ages. It's yeah. going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be we'll be here. Curtis and I, our producer, will be yeah. here for that. Clarence unfortunately I have to, has to leave, mm-hmm. go coaching in uh, mm-hmm. Denver. Okay, uh, we'll miss him.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, we'll have fun. I hope my teams win because they know I'm coming back for them. So we should. Uh, to yeah. We should okay it out but i mean i think you know great conversation way to kick things off yeah. um let's let's talk about your history uh okay. how were you introduced to the game of volleyball what got that started for you
2: um my dad played adult league volleyball adult and i league. was a very big basketball player mm-hmm. um fourth fifth grade on doing aau basketball and then i would go to adult leagues with my dad i'm from st louis missouri mm-hmm. and i I hate to say it like this, they run less. (laughs) So I was like, man, all this running I got to do in the basketball uh, world No, And it's something that I I took a hold of. And it was I I, maybe burnout took its place for basketball because it was my first love and then the running. But then I was like, I could be good at this. It is something that I enjoy and the competitiveness and. You know, my if you would ask my family right now, they're like, "You made the wrong choice." But I, if you're looking at my life in the grand scheme of things, I I, I made the right choice actually. Yeah. So it's um, a long journey. So thanks, Dad. Volleyball at a young age.
1: Okay. Yeah, definitely doing really well in the volleyball world, and we'll get to your career as well. But kind of wanted to hear you mentioned the competitiveness. You mentioned less running, but what are some of the things that kind of
2: hooked you about volleyball and kept you in the sport? It, I'll say it just let me be me in this space where. And less running. Like less running. <laughs> uh, just a team aspect. Yeah. Um, I feel like any coach has natural leadership qualities, and this was an opportunity as as a collegiate athlete. I was the emotional leader, the, the one that brings the team in, and that you don't have that time to do that in basketball. It's like, okay, you score a point, we're running back down the court, we got to play defense, are we pressing? In volleyball, it's really the camaraderie and just your engagement that this is, okay, maybe Maddie Skinner is going to drop 40 tomorrow because she wasn't player of the year, but I mean, it's fine. But you have to rely so much on those five, I'll say five to seven other athletes, including yeah. subs. And that was attractive. And. Just the camaraderie is, I, I can't say that enough. And I, I think so what attracts me now as a coach is that relationship building really stuck out and it didn't in the basketball space. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the amount of trust you see yeah. that has to happen organically, like you said, yes. on the volleyball court and effortlessly, not effortlessly, but it's just, you don't even think about it unconsciously, right? Yes. Um, I think that kind of leads me. I want to ask you, as far as like what kind of player you are, what personality do you bring to your teammates um, as a player? We're not even on the
2: coaching side yet, as a player. It's the same. Mm hmm um very straightforward <laughs> very aggressive very blunt okay i and that is much needed on a volleyball team yes in a volleyball i program. was that so you that one person that, person that was me that's gonna hold I was, you accountable and not
0: sugarcoat anything <laughs>
2: no i was that person and but in that time frame my there was no one else it was me and we all played our role in those different dynamics and I just was like, I'm not here to make friends. All I care about is ball is life. Um, I want to win. That's all I did in the, the youth stages. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to work out, play, may or may not wanted to go to class. That's cool. you know. But we're not, do as I say, not as I do. But I, I just wanted to be that person. I am an aggressive type of individual. And I, I feel like as long as you're transparent, as a coach, player, friend, relationships, people are going to know where you stand at all times. Yeah. And that's where I've seen just more life success, not just in the coaching or the competitive space. And I would rather also, on the side note, speaking of competitiveness, I want to win at everything. So if we're going to do a crossword right now, you know, the more, whatever, I'm. We're in. I might headbutt you. We'll see how this goes. We'll figure it out.
1: Well, you're winning at the podcast right now, so that you got that checked. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Note taken. Um, You mentioned you bring that kind of uh, spirit, that energy as both a player and a coach. I guess kind of transitioning. How did you get into coaching?
2: Uh, I actually stated earlier today that when I look back at my collegiate career, I've been coaching since I entered college. Okay. So... I entered college, of course, you think side hustle, like I'm going to coach club. But when I came home, I'd go camps. Um, Same thing every year, coaching club, coaching club, coaching club. I was the athlete that stayed, didn't go home. I did all the satellite camps. I went across the state with my coach and I really loved it. And so by the time I was able to get, um, I guess you would say a real job, I felt lost in that space of now what you know this isn't sports anymore this isn't the camaraderie the relationships the road trips the competitiveness the real drive about it and to be honest I got fired because I am in in or out that's how I look at my life as far as I'm all in and if I'm not all in then I'm gonna kind of half-ass that situation of I'm really not gonna do a good job and I deserve to be fired and Moved home. I had kids, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And at that time, and my sister was playing club, and I like, hey, you want to coach club at the club I played for? Your sister's coach in coach thirteens, and then two years two years later, the McKendry job assistant job opened, mm-hmm. and that's kind of all she wrote at that point in time. So if uh-huh. I I look back in retrospect. I've been doing this in some capacity my entire life mm-hmm. so cool. when did you realize that um, either the love
0: or that hook um, you have or passion you have for coaching at i
2: I will say yeah, i for I coached both the men's and women's team for twelve years, uh-huh. and there was a point where I took over the women's team and I was the interim head coach and this was our second or third year in division two. And we went on a championship run. We went, you know, we all the way to the championship first program in our school history. And I started crying when we won in the quarterfinal. And I was like, I, I was lost. I was still like, I can't physically I do this anymore. How am I going to get my fix? Like, I, I don't want to do triathlons. Don't want to run. I want to do any of that. I, uh, I don't want to do marathons. That's running. Um, How am I going to get my fix? And then at that moment, I can still see like we weren't expected to win. We finished terrible the year before. And it was like, boom. And these kids really bought into myself of just who I am as a person. And then they started exuding personalities of myself. And then I'm like, nope, I don't know what else I'd be good at. Actually, I don't know. We'll figure it out. That's how it works for us. So it's, I'm, they're stuck with me forever in some <laughs> capacity now.
1: I love that. Yeah. So you, you mentioned, uh, you started off as an assistant at McKendree, mm-hmm. uh, found yourself in the head coaching role with the women's
2: side yes. first. And uh, then- at that same year, that was the second year of the men's program. Okay. And I was the men's head coach, the women's assistant. Oh, I got and you. then okay. I became the interim women's head coach. I'm like, you know, we like you a lot. Do you want to do both? And I was okay. like, Yes yes I'm in so I got sucked in that (laughs) way right away you're all all in let's do it I I, and at that time and talking about wearing a ton of hats I did men's head coach women's assistant boys 18s assistant girls 18s assistant and then I had two kids under the age of six at the time wow wow just out here to grind how do you do it
1: you just the love and you cry a lot actually
2: um but you know it's it's worth it. Um, I, I tell a lot of young coaches of like, what's your why? Yeah. Like, figure out your why, and in that space, my why is it's transitioned mm-hmm. where competitiveness, like, that's never going to change. But then I started creating these relationships with the athletes and the coaches that now I call my friends. That I'm like, I don't want to do anything else. Yeah. I, this is different than any other landscape in the business world, and it's it's um. Addicting, mm-hmm. you can't get away from it.
1: Yeah. So, do they need any other coaches at mckendry Are you just going to take over all the sports programs? I actually tell our <laughs> basketball
2: coach, "Can I be like the Matthew McConaughey uh, director yeah. of hype? Because I am a aggressive person. I love that and Stay on the bench. And yes, I mean, yeah. because he. I want. Have you seen the Key, Key and peel Obama translator? Oh Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Our basketball coach is this super nice guy. He's <laughs> oh, six ten, God. and I say I want to stand I'm right behind gonna you and be gonna like, like, "All
0: right, this is what he actually meant. Yeah, right I, I want to be that
2: person, <laughs> and so. So I, I always go in and um, I play this song every time they win. So I'm like, can I get a polo? Quarter zip. Yeah. I can sit on the bench. What do you need? I'm here for it. So uh, mm-hmm. I try to work my way into a lot of spaces. Mm-hmm. So can't say no for some very reason. Very strategic. I can, yes, you I, mm-hmm. I know where I fit. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously, like you, you have a very large workload, right? And uh, it's got to be mentally straining. How do you stay mentally tough? How do you push through those challenging points and I mean speaking to you I can already tell that what you do and how you do it is very inspirational to all of your athletes you got a bunch of mini yous running around I, on the court. I, I, I do office. thankfully so like how, how 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 do you lead that charge how do you just keep a level head
2: I will say at the beginning of the like my head coaching career it was tough we lost a lot I created a program I took over a program I was still figuring things out as a, a young coach and um I thankfully have a great familial system and I have a, um, a great friend system. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell a quick story that kind of will give you a little behind the scenes. Um, as a female head coach in the men's landscape, I had someone tell me that I would never get another job offer because not my work ethic, my character, anything else, because I'm a woman. But wait, wait, wait no, no offense. No offense. Oh, we're good. No offense. We're so cool. So I, um, I cried myself to sleep at night at my parents' house and I'm not a crier by any means. I'm, I'm the son my father never had. I'm not the emotional one. Um, the next morning, I'm puffy-eyed. I'm in the bathroom taking a shower, getting ready for game day. And my mom, who's one of the strongest people I know, she comes in the bathroom and she's like, what the hell are you crying for? I'm like, nothing. Wiping my face. Like, I'm good. And then I kind of give her the story of, hey, this is what someone said to me that I would never do any amount to anything. And this is year three of the program. And she said, they're right. And at that point in time, you're thinking like, I just want like, we're good. I'm not a a big hugger, but I'm like, are we okay? You're going to be fine. They're wrong. And I wanted to like co-sign with how I was feeling. And she's like, you're right. You have to be better than the best. You have to be your black female head coach who is entering this landscape that... They don't know anything about you. Maybe you play division one volleyball, but that doesn't matter to them. You have to be better than the best. And that, and I tell my athletes now, like it's sometimes not what you need in the moment or not what you want in the moment It's what you need. And I needed that little swift kick. And I thankfully have friends that remind me of like who I am to them and who I am to people around me. And I have this support system but I have learned about myself. I have this knack of, and COVID, I had to coach both teams in the same season. Wow. And someone on Twitter basically kind of doubted me. And I was like, I'm Nikki Sandlin. I was born in the fire, you know, like, a, you know, I'm Bane born in the dark, you know, yeah. you only adopted it. So that's how I feel. I was thinking Khaleesi. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, oh friends, my Insta yeah. <laughs> handle is Nicolette first of her name. There so is, there, right, there, there we, we are in the knee. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that's kind of how I, I have, I have, great people around me that I know who I am but when I have those doubts I'm you know Janice is right there she's my uh, graduate assistant and I've definitely cried several times and that's okay Um, and I, I try to tell the athletes like I do it too like I have doubts I have these moments where I'm like am I Nikki Sandler am I this person and I have the support system that's like yeah you are so let's lock it up wipe the face, let's go, and then I'll hug you after you're done, you know?
1: Well, staying on topic there, you know, you're one of the few women coaches coaching men's volleyball at, mm-hmm. at the collegiate level. What What do you think needs to be done to give more opportunities to women to coach men's volleyball, um, you know, at any level, club, uh, collegiate, any level?
2: I, I ultimately will say it's support because I, I think if there's only so many ways you can skin a cat. We're all teaching volleyball the same. Maybe there's different nuances, but... Are women and men trained the same way but the support has to be there and there's not Uh, I said in our men's general meeting I had to have a male coach stand next to me when I first started to get the attention of the athlete they wouldn't look or talk to me which that has changed drastically by now but the support from the clubs the support from the collegiate environment you know that we can do this because I've asked the several times my parents in the beginning of my career of like, what are you going to do with my son? Like, how are you going to coach him? I'm like, what is he going to do with me? Because I don't back down from this environment. And I think there's this misconception or maybe early on that not the women, we can't handle this space. And I say, my strength is that I'm a mother, that I'm going to show young men how to treat a woman in power, um, how they should treat women all together. And that I am also scary. You should be fear me. Let's go. Let's fire this up. (laughs) But it's it's can we have the support from those areas to to really push women in those space and that we can be successful?
0: Yeah. What uh, what words of wisdom do you have for um, this could be, you know, female coach in a similar situation or a coach that is, you know, part of a marginalized group that, you know, is new to enduring you know some of the you know struggles and challenges that you you know have overcome oh not completely you know life is life but you know that could be in a similar situation
2: just maintain your conviction and be vulnerable because I've had in the past coaches say like you shouldn't cry you shouldn't do these things and you know I'm supposed to be hi I'm coach Nikki and I do everything correctly and I'm not wrong but I think the best thing about me is that I am wrong Um, but I do believe in myself and that what I'm saying, but I also can say like, Hey, you know, you're actually right. And the athlete is taken aback. Like, Oh, I'm right. I'm like, yes, I'm not perfect. Um, we actually, I did PowerPoints this year for the women's team where I'm like, I am a mom, friend, sister, coach. I am a person. I make errors but I believe that I am a good coach. I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in my morals and values and I believe in what I'm saying. And especially in the men's space, that if you question at any moment that I'm not good at this job or I'm not good at what I'm doing, they'll eat you alive. So I could say the sky is green and say it with enough conviction. Like, yeah, the sky's green. Of course it is. I know it is because she said it. So that's kind of the thing of just have conviction, be vulnerable. Admit when you're right. You know, don't say, "I'm um, yes, of course, I'm a woman. Hear me roar. But we have different traits where I am sensitive. Like these young men, they need hugs. They need lots of hugs. They need to cry. They need to be encouraged to cry. They need to be encouraged to really engage their emotions. And I don't think we always do a great job of that as coaches, especially in the business of winning. And that's something that I feel like, come on, women, let's let's, you know, let's do that. And then show some tough love because every time a kid comes in my office and they get in trouble or they, you know, some tough conversation, I'm like, okay, hug me, come on. And they have to leave that way. And it it creates a relationship where I think, you know, they'll go through the fire for me and, or like one fights, we all fight where that's how it, you know, I want to roll. So that's kind of my advice there.
1: Do you think, you know, since you started, is it are you seeing more support uh, on the landscape or yeah. um, is it, I mean, obviously still needs work, yeah. but uh, are you seeing it kind of continue to grow and, and get, support, Oh, more there's supportive?
2: so many more coaches. Just even just starting at the club level where that's the first stop, like the club high school level where they have engaged. Maybe I've only had a female coach in my volleyball career. So in the event they, Come to me. This isn't foreign, right? Or I ha- I recruit a lot of young men that have they're coming from um, matriarchal homes. So this is like okay, this isn't foreign. But now there's a bigger push where yes, we have we need coaches. There's a lot of good women that coaching right now, and it's starting at the club level, which is awesome to see. And now I'm really excited to look and see if that translates into the collegiate escape, where it is in Division three, um, some in NAI, but. I think there's maybe two or three of us head coaches, and the Division One two space, and there's three of us in my conference. So my graduate assistant, and then the assistant at Loyola. That's it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's important. Like you
1: said, to start at that kind of grassroots level. Yeah. Where the kids are growing up, they don't know it. You know, any different. No. They, they're used to it. It's not foreign concept to them. No. So that then when they do get to the collegiate level, they have a women head coach. Uh, they're just like, yeah, let's go ball.
2: <laughs> yeah. They, I, <laughs> I, don't know yeah. I when people were saying Saturdays are for the boys, that's me. Yeah. I'm in that. <laughs> I am one of the boys. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that everybody knows.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about your, or a little bit, all of
2: it about your coaching philosophy? Well it's all encompassing and so if i want to just kind of dive into it it's all based off of relationships right like i my coach is actually here somewhere um but he was tough like he was a tough cookie he expected nothing but greatness and he fostered a belief in us that we could beat anybody like we played penn state one year and there's some definitely olympians on there and we weren't gonna win but it didn't matter. And that's kind of how I am now. Of the, a- In my belief and what we train in my gym is if I know you as a human being, if I know you as a person, if I'm fostering this relationship, the training will exceed. The learning will be better. The communication levels will be better because that means you're going to compete harder because you're not just a number that you have an opinion that you're um, you're more than just the athlete. Because, yes, we're in the business of winning, but I want to see you have kids and I want to be invited to the wedding. And it's more than that. And I tell the the women's players, I'm like, I'm preparing you to be a soldier to enter the world because it's hard out here for us. (laughs) So everything I do. And any environment, I'm going to go to the winter training series, it's going to start with connection, the relationships, transparency, um, directness, because I, I think there's a misconception that there is no love in being direct and transparent, but it is like, you're going to know where I stand. You're not going to know that I, I love you, but I love you isn't sunshine and rainbows. I love you tough. I love you means hard conversations. And then there is some sunshine in there. There are a lot of rainbows, but that means I have the willingness to go above and beyond for you. Yeah. So that's where I leave it. Uh, I guess kind of talking about your
1: season with the women's program, how how did this year go for you?
2: Yeah, the, we went 15 and 12. Our unfortunate, just like a lot of other people, our best player to our ACL at the beginning of season. But I was so impressed with their level of perseverance and we had uh, the GLVC is one of the toughest Division Two conferences in the country, and we had the number two team, the number ten. Like there was four teams in the top twenty-five, and we went through the gauntlet and kind of went on a seven-game slide. But we're like, we can run the table, and we won out the last eight of the eleven. And it was like, oh, how many teams win on your last game? Not many, and so it was a lot of smiles. And they trained really hard, and they really embrace some new concepts that they're like, because I open practice. They're invited to come to men's practice. They come oh, sit, cool. hang out yeah. and see the differences. Can you learn something? Yeah. And they really grasp some of those concepts in the gym. And it was really exciting to see the translation of you see what I did? I did that. We practice this, but it was a, it was a good year. Yeah. It was definitely a good year.
0: Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, is your coaching style or, you know, just <laughs> Uh, not style, but, you know, does your your kind of way of coaching different compared to, um, you know, coaching men versus women?
2: If you ask the men, they would say that I'm nicer. <laughs> I kind of believe that. They, uh-huh. But it, it's funny, like the the women want to dance and like the guys also want to dance, but it's different. It's completely different. Uh-huh. But I say this all the time as being a former club player, they're not teaching us the same things it's stay in your lane don't be too competitive but let's be you know put the bow in your hair let's be nice let's teammates let's kumbaya and team bonding and no one is doing that from the men's like the boys game they're like let's go bond through battle and you know it it is tempered a little bit but ultimately the message is still the same and but the women's side i have to make sure i do a better job or do a good job of i'm not mad at you the person you didn't play well today but that is not you're not defined by your participation or by your play you're that's separate and that's something that's a little bit different where the guys, I still have those conversations, but it's not they, they brush it off a little, not a lot, but a little better. Mm-hmm. So
0: that's interesting you say that. So I'm uh, I coach on the club level. Um, I have a 16s boys team and then a 17s girls team. And I also oversee a uh, high school program from so a varsity head coach there for girls. And I feel like it's a little bit of the opposite of what you're saying for me, where it's like I can be a little bit harder on the girls mm-hmm. because they know where I'm coming from and um, they know I'm going to hold them accountable to the standard that they want to play at mm-hmm. and it's the same thing for the boys but I feel like that the boys take it a little bit more to heart and they 16's is a great a little, age it is, it is a great they're age they're still
2: really nice yes they're still so sweet and <laughs> uh-huh. they want they're you to love girls them oh, oh yeah like, they're, oh they're it's yeah. such a sweet age like uh-huh. I, my daughter is 16 she plays mm-hmm. 16's club and they're stu- still like that super sweet like we just want to learn and we're excited to be here But when you're thinking, I get into that 17s, 18s, I'm getting, am I recruitable? That stress comes in. Right. Um, I think it changes a little bit. But there's some I firm believer that you can't treat every athlete the same. It is... I have a young lady on the team I can think of right now that I could give her the work. I can give her the business. And I am like, how do you want this? And she's like, just give it to me. She takes mm-hmm. it. And she knows it's not, there's always that one about back. her. Mm-hmm. But then there's still guys on the men's team that I can't, like I, I would never in my mind just communicate the same way in the, I am direct, but there's varying levels of directness. Yeah, I, I hear you. And, it's it's apples and oranges so it's you can't treat them the same but for the most part i have to remind the women seem like no th- i'm not mad at you like i'm i love you guys i, r- I recruited you why would i be mad <laughs> like i like you as a person like why you here yeah, yeah, yeah. i so and the guys it's they're more apt to ask immediately of like we good bro <laughs> i'm like yes we are good so I want
1: to hear more about these open practices, too. What's the relationship like between the men's and women's teams
2: at like a very collaborative training environment? That's (laughs) that's a very large cult. Uh, We have... Okay. Yeah. We have uh, 40 indoor players and then... They are very close. And we actually, this year, needed some practice players. So the men came to practice. The freshman penance was to come to practice. And then once that kind of newness wore off, then it was like, they're not going to do that the GVC. I'm like, yes, this girl's going to do that. She's going to block just like that. They're not, you know, we have some guys that touch 11, 8, 9, 10. And I'm like, he's not doing that right now. He's standing, so let's lock it in. Yeah, But it's great. It's absolutely awesome and obviously the big plug of more schools need men's sport men's volleyball just because i think it's just such a a natural training environment though women come to the well they practice early morning so the women come to the 9 to 11 a.m practice because they have already done and i think it's exciting because they see all the things that in real time of maybe you don't get it like you're like i don't understand what she's saying This isn't true. But then you watch the level of competition in the gym and you're like, ah, that's that's what you're talking about. And it's awesome. And And they can take it back. And now they're watching more international volleyball. And now that they're they're playing more grass and beach like for fun. Yeah. Because the guys do it all the time. And I'm like, now this is what you want as a as a coach to see them actually love the game instead of like this is a job, I gotta show up. Because it is a job. It's hard. It's tough. You're together all the time and it's not always niceties. And now they're like, I played a grass tournament, we lost, but it was pretty cool I'm like you. thank you yeah. I love that you went mm-hmm. you know so it's, it's large gang volleyball or bust. they don't really hang out with other people like um, <laughs> but there's some pockets of friends you okay. know soccer basketball yeah. you know we, we like it but it's really this is the volleyball bubble hard to get in it's kind
1: of like a cool, unique, um, I guess experience that the athletes are getting that you're recruiting to McKendree. They, cause it's two programs under the same coach yep. and they, you know, like you said, a Colts, but you know, like a big family. <laughs> it is a big family. Uh, and, and you guys, I, I feel like more, and I think I said this to you at mountain classic. I feel like more junior events need to have both boys and girls at. It's exciting. Yeah.
2: Um, One of our men's alumni plays or played in the VLA and they did like a showcase at one of the the qualifiers. And then we randomly found a TikTok of some high school girl drooling over them and just like, oh my God, these. (laughs) Janice, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Shout out Patrick Ross, he's an all star. But then they're like, after they get over the shock effect, but then they're like, wow, like they're not exposed to that on a daily basis. And it would be awesome. And I, we always talk about having more showcase events just to, just to see it, just to, to get the exposure to maybe I, I said this earlier of maybe you have a little brother who's six eight and he's not a great basketball player, but OK, he should be. Maybe he doesn't want to play baseball. Maybe he doesn't want to do these other sports. And it's like, why don't we just go? My One of my first players, he was a hockey guy until he wore a size 17 skate. And they're like, you should probably try volleyball at 6'9". <laughs> and then he was my first ever first-team all guy. Awesome. And he only, at that time, played volleyball for six years. <laughs> so I, I just think there needs to be more than... Especially, what, Colorado just got sanctioned recently? Yeah, uh-huh. Correct, yep. And mm-hmm. there's so many opportunities, and... I think that's awesome. It's more the merrier. Mm
0: -hmm. So kind of switching, not switching over, but transitioning over to, um, you know, men's season. You mentioned um, the girls had a pretty challenging season, but, you know, stepped up and, Mm -hmm. you know, battle when required and all that good stuff there too. But um, how are you now kind of switching over to prep for the men's season coming up?
2: Uh, It's, it's a little challenging just because it's, they practice at the same time. So we have a five hour time block of, of volleyball, But as the women are ending, they're kind of gearing up into their scrimmage competition season. And then for me, it's hit the ground running. We go recruiting, uh, convention, then I'm going to winter series and I land. The next day we start preseason. Wow. And so right now I'm trying to use these next couple of weeks to get odds and ends together, practice planning. And, um, I've been watching video on planes, you know, recapping from the fall. Uh, I will say the men are way more needy. They call me all the time, which I accept. I love it because I love them all. But if I get a random FaceTime right now, I would not be shocked. (laughs) And they don't want to. They don't want just text. They well, want to face. have to answer on. it until tell you, them it, you, I, <laughs> you know, thankfully I put on my "do not disturb," so I will not get one of those. <laughs> but no, it's a, it's 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 a. I have I have it down to a science now because this is year twelve. But <laughs> ending, I need like three days of a break, and then I'm good. And now we're back at it. Yeah. What are your
1: I guess favorite things about coaching at McKendree and maybe even specifically each program too. But what are your favorite things about coaching at McKendree?
2: The people, um, small school. And obviously I've been there for a while and I've seen coaches come and go, but I have, I am valued. I'm heard. I am an, am an AD now. Like I, they let me achieve my goals. They love my kids. we have, I guess you would say kind of the luxury of freedom. And when I say freedom, it's I am put in a space to do the winter training series and it's not, Hey, why are you not in the office? It's we know you're working. We know you're representing us. We know that we're putting our name in different spaces in the country. And, and in turn, that's great for the university. We're getting kids from all walks of the nation. Uh, But I love it just because of I get to be who I want to be. And I think as a coach and you're in the profession, that is a prerequisite for any job. And my friends, when they call, like I'm thinking about the job, I'm like, are you happy? Check. No. Okay, you're not happy. Okay, now next step. That's always the first question. I'm happy. I wake up in the morning and I don't feel anxious about going to work. Um, Obviously, there's up and down days, but. I can tell my athletic director, like, hey, I'm having a really bad day and I'm going to stay at home. I'm at work. To help All right. I'll check on you later. And that's the relationship. It's a real, again, relationships. That's yeah. everything for me. Mm-hmm. How do you
0: uh, continue to uh, instill um, diversity, equity, inclusion um, into your program? Just well, overall.
2: It, it's, it is a focus, but I have been fortunate enough that the players that I love and love me have been like. I have this thing about Puerto Rican liberals, man. I, I love it. And <laughs> right now we have a great a transfer. Um, we had a young man who did great things for us that just graduated. We have an incoming freshman. Um, and then, you know, we have two other really wonderful liberals as well, but. I think you representation wise you attract people that are similar to you as far as like there's only a few brown people out there playing volleyball and playing for this lady coach that i maybe have had at camp and or at usa and they want to be there i want them to want to be there and that has seemed to be the kind of mo so yeah i, I am very aware of that space but You attract kind of, I guess you would say, people that reflect yourself. And I've been fortunate in that in that way so
1: yeah kind of staying on topic there you're the chair of the abca mm-hmm. diversity development team mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about your role and and with that team and then yeah what you guys are doing
2: uh our for the abca i am uh, the chair for like the recipients where our focus is programming scholarship and the award system because as we know in this profession it's not about what you know it's who you know and this is giving coaches that are predominantly like first time attendees to attend the convention because a lot of programs can't afford to send this person here. Right. And then how am I supposed to get a job? How am I supposed to improve my skills? How am I supposed to network? And that is where our focus really lies. And now we're really kind of honing in on what's next after convention. You don't want to say, um, hey, I got this award and throw my hands up and I'm done, it's can we have programming, um, really encouraging coaches and pockets of the country to say, like, hey, you from Colorado, like, welcome to my gym. Like, uh, I coach at UCCS and I'd love to just that doesn't cost money. Just are we able to donate time? And that's really something that we're trying to focus on as well. So recipients are the priority. Our alumni are priority and just making sure we're helping coaches advance in the profession
0: mm-hmm. um retention big big question there big item there um how do you how do you go about retaining these athletes uh and uh when i say retaining it's retaining their love for the game retaining um what they've learned and their passion so they either, you know, continue on with it with whatever, you know, career they they move on to, uh, whether it's volleyball at the professional level or whatever it is, or, um, you know, retaining it to pay it forward to someone else one day. You know, because I know as a you know player growing up, I know what I didn't have for my coaches, and I'm all about trying to pay that forward to the next person so they have better opportunities and more opportunities than I ever had.
2: I, I, I'll go back to what I said earlier about. We all know when we're coaching, we're in for the business of winning. Yes. That's we already know that that's already given. But especially kind of in the latter years and it's always relationships have always been a priority. But my job is to prepare you. And with along with that is really, really honest conversations of happiness is really relative. I, I actually tell my daughter this and she's like I'm not you and I'm like I'm not happy all the time it's sometimes like I don't want to go to practice it's something I have to do today and acknowledge it and then I really encourage them to when you leave the gym shed it shed the space like uh, I use the word compartmentalize a lot which for the longest time no one ever told me they didn't know what it meant they just kind of were like "Uh uh-huh and I'm like are you able to say volleyball's in this box That's it. School's in this box. Social. And I have, over time, done a really good job of putting things in each space, and there's some overlap. That's how we have had the opportunity to retain our athletes and have them still love it. We incorporated, actually, the past couple years of mental health days, where they get two mental health days, no questions asked. That's awesome. And there are more athletes that are like, and I don't want I don't want to know if you don't want to tell me like I'm not good, I'm not coming today. I'm going to take my day. And that has helped with their mental health. And the same thing, I am also extremely vulnerable in saying like I unfortunately I had a um, I had a player die in 2019 and my best friend and assistant coach died in 22. I think 22 or wow. 21 or 22. And I am very vulnerable about the stages of grief and where I'm at, at as a person and it's very cute that somebody I love Red Bull so I'll get a mysterious Red Bull on my desk <laughs> or a text saying like I'm here for you if you need me I'm like what are you going to tell me like what life advice are we going to do right now but I appreciate that Yeah. or I get the you good bro text like I get a lot of love I have athletes that have come to my office the, and I've been in the verge of tears or in tears and they just and they're the guys are huge, so I have a, a memory of one of our six eight opposites and he, we we do the black women hugging rock. <laughs> and they but that's means that it's more than just volley. That means yeah. there's love there. And even if the kids do transfer, yeah. they're always a bear cat. You're always welcome to the gym. Obviously there's the handful that may not go about it the right way, but I'm always here to help you. If you, if I say happiness is the paramount of your life and if you're not happy here, let me help you. And they're like, actually, I am, I'm not. But I'm like, okay, how can I now change gears and be a resource to you to get you where you need to go? And I have thankfully had more success with that approach and still being who I am, but also like, hey, I'm not good. You don't have to be good all the time. We're, we're okay. And you can not be good in this space. And let's just make it through the day. And I don't think we actually acknowledge all the time. Like, we just need to get through the day and then tomorrow's new. I need to check
1: if I have any um, collegiate eligibility left because I want to come play for you. Hey, <laughs> locked in. Let's go. After that. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of, I guess, a little bit still on topic there. Um, volleyball community is big, but it's a small community. It's tight. You know, everybody knows everybody somehow. There's a lot of connections. What can, or I guess, what challenges are minorities still facing in coaching, and how can the volleyball community as a whole really help and support with that, uh, and help move that forward?
2: Uh, it's all about. Think of it as a, a player. There's team people on the team that you have a little click with. It's the same as coaches. Yeah. It's the same, the whole time, and it. Thankfully, at least in the men's space, um, shout out Dan Friend, he's my homie, head coach at Lewis. He extended the olive branch right away and that has blossomed into a beautiful friendship. And I will say the Midwest coaches were very quick to where this is our brotherhood. And then I went and worked a camp and shout out David Niffen. Love him too. And I threw myself out there and I was like hey I'm afraid I don't really know you I think the West Coast coaches are kind of standoffish and he's like nope and he put me in a position to be successful at a camp and spotlight me and I'm like I just needed to put myself out there and it's scary Um, I think as I mentioned I'm a a rip the bandaid off type of person like let's get over with it but I our willingness as coaches to be approachable to be available to take a text, to take a phone call, to do any of those things. And I, I scary space. It's it's terrifying. And I, I don't think there's an easy answer to it. It's just, you got to make up your mind and you actually just rip the bandaid off and be like, hi, I love you. Can we be friends? Can I help? Can you help me? And yeah. might be a little creepy, but it'll turn out <laughs> okay in the end.
1: I like that. Both sides of it, you know, as a coach here, be approachable Mm -hmm. to those those conversations, those um, meetups. those, uh, And then the other side of it is don't be afraid. Rip the bandaid off. Just do it. You got to rip the bandaid off.
2: I definitely approached David Niffen at a USA camp. He was the head coach. That was the first time I was working with like the top group. And he said he was walking to the convention center and I was like, I'm going to walk with you. And he didn't know me from Adam. And I said I was afraid of the group. Like this is my first time with a real kind of big group. The coaches are awesome. Like they're high level coaches. The kids are the best kids in the country. And he's like, okay, what's your fastball? And I was like, okay, I'm good at this. And I will never forget, I we have a meeting, and I see two of the kids in the hallway. Like, with flowers. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? We're not here for the girls. Like, cause it was a boys and girls camp. I'm like, we're not here for the girls. What are we doing? Like, get in the meeting room. You know, I'm, I'm hardcore. And they're like, we're, these are for you. And I'm like, what? Because the, the, the night before, he let the boys have their one-on-one session with just me. Uh-huh. I had 55 boys get to Q&A and hear my story. And awesome. that turned the tide of opening day. And they went on and bought me flowers the next day. And then I go into the meeting room and everybody's like, oh, uh, I'm like, I don't like this, but I like it a lot. <laughs> I don't like this. Yeah. But I was like, why are you guys have flowers? Like, who are these for? Tell these girls to get away. We're here for <laughs> Bali. I'm like, no, well, this is for you. We love you. And that was, he did that. That's cool he put me in that spotlight and I am forever grateful. And I don't know if he ever thinks about that, but I wouldn't, I honestly don't think I would be running another program again if I didn't have that opportunity. And then we got to coach together that weekend and forever grateful. And I always try to go to an event and find him for dinner, like connect with him. And now we're going to play at UCI this year. So it's, cool. it's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know David Niffen very well, uh, but talked to him a couple of times. Very nice guy. Uh, what I fun memory from him just aside. I think here, uh, the high performance uh championships yep. used to happen in Fort Lauderdale. Yep, he would always where was that? blade from the hotel. Oh, to he the had the- his rollerblade. That's what we were doing. He had <laughs> yeah. his
2: rollerblades, oh, so and cool. I was like, Can I walk with you? Walk?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and he did. So yeah, that's so cool. Actually,
2: Amber Williams she played for me this year. She's a demonstrator. <laughs> that's awesome. Full circle there. Yes, yeah. I
0: know man um total side note i am totally like Stephen said i'm very inspired by oh, just thank you your your storytelling ability your coaching philosophy um just how you carry yourself as a leader in the sport of volleyball thanks um i love taking these kind of mental notes and uh just applying what i can to like you know my own programs and teams too so oh. just want to say like a total side note just thank, thank you, you. For i appreciate that
2: it. i like i said i could always talk i got all the things <laughs> i'm ready for them.
0: Mm-hmm. um let's just talk let's keep talking about the U uh, nineteen team, U twenty okay. uh, yeah. team. Um, at the time of this, you know, release, it'll be the new year, and you'll okay. be um, head coaching the boys,
2: right? Yeah, I will be head coaching the U nineteen, U twenty training series in Anaheim. Correct. I did actually. This is my third one. I did um, summer, and then I did the previous summer. So okay. this is now. Kind of new group. Okay. Some new faces from this past summer, but I'm really excited about it. I always think the winter training series is the best camp.
0: Can you talk a little bit about those expectations?
2: Um, I, I really love what NTDP is doing now. And I really like because I'm such an organized kind of person where it's we're really focusing on the themes of camp of like float serve reception and float serving because it's taboo. Boys don't float serve. But uh, this past summer, we we called it float serve nation. And I said at the beginning of camp, where I'm like, there is no spin serve you need here to send my team to that because they don't here in float serve nation. No, they and I'm like, this is we're going to actually train floating. Yeah. Everybody doesn't have to spin. And after the second session, they're like, are we going to spend? No, they were like, "Okay, we won't ask anymore. And I even wrote on the whiteboard. Don't ask. (laughs) We're not spending today. We're going to float. Um, So that's kind of carried over to this trading series and block and defensive systems and out of system attacking. So it's going to be really exciting because there's some extremely high level athletes there. So what, um, I guess you mentioned the training
1: series as being like one of your favorites. Well, what about it is so great for, uh, for you personally,
2: I get to spend three or four days with the best athletes in the country. Yeah. Uh, they are not coming to my program. But it's exciting when we play these programs, and they're like Coach Nikki, what's up? And I actually had a a colleague of mine. He is the strength coach at UCLA, and he's like, the volleyball guys know you here. How is that possible? I'm like, because I had them at winter training series, and you get to make they're an, my guys. Yeah, so. but I want to make an impression. Yeah very quickly and i've had the opportunity to really like i some club players that just graduated their freshman college now they're some of my favorite favorite kids but they're not looking to talk to me about volleyball i i asked them like are you okay because they're the best of the best and they're going through these recruiting decisions obviously you're not coming to my school but i can give you advice of any I say this a lot. Any decision you make is the right decision. So I go, you're actually in control of the situation. You're getting pulled and sold and all these different directions. And I love and maybe that's a weird thing to say. Like, I love being able to do that for these kids that don't have anyone, maybe besides their parents, but it's mom and dad to say, like, you're stellar as who you are and anything you say is going to be fine. And there is no wrong decision here. Even if you're like, okay, I don't like it. I'm going to transfer. That's still the right decision. You had to go through that journey and experience to get to that, that place. So I, I love it. And I love, I had a, um, this young man's at UCLA right now and he was one of the best outside hitters in the class and very stoic kind of kid. And I was like, all right we're going to grade our play today. And he's like, all right, we're going to do this. And he did something that I don't think anybody else could do. And I'm like, that was okay. And I was like, what'd you give yourself? I'm like, (laughs) what grade? It's like a B minus. I'm like, Oh, Oh, I have a video on my phone of uh, a young man who I believe is going to be an Olympian one day and I told him that I'm like remember Coach Nikki said it here first yeah. and I was like can I get a t-shirt and he's like I'll give you way more than that and, yeah. I'm like, and I, I got his I have his first real serve on my phone like I kept it from camp Cool. and it like first ball was under the net second ball was to the back wall and this third ball was a bomb and I'm like and he had braces at the time and I'm like we did that together. Yeah. Don't forget me. Okay. When it's like 2032 yeah. and you're the Olympian, I want my t-shirt. That's what I want. So that's, those are the connection. That's why I love those things because they've probably been either coddled or not pushed enough because they've always been the best. And now I'm here to give you a little love for four or five days or maybe a week because of summer and winter. And I love, I love, Relationships. That's, uh, that's like the, you guys know Pee Wee Herman? Like, Oh yeah. Uh-huh. When they're like the word of the day <laughs> is relationships. <Yes>. And then <laughs> somebody so says good. it and I'm like, ah, relationships. <laughs> that's how I feel.
0: Yeah. Um, would you say that, um, what you kind of talked about being that, you know, supportive mentor, um, you know, someone who's going to hold someone accountable, but you know, be them for them when they need, you know, something off the court. Is that would that be your your favorite part about being a coach overall? Or oh yeah, specifically within the
2: TDP program. I love training, but I think as a coach, the off the court, mm-hmm. just off the court stuff is my favorite. It's very emotionally taxing. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that it, I I I may give too much of myself because I am always trying to relate by by story and I have definitely had some offline conversations with athletes of like my mom has gone through the same thing you have and you have to fail to succeed and they don't know they just look at you as like oh this is coach Nikki like you know this is her she's this pillar of this defining moment and they get to see me as me, and that's the most exciting part. And then when the light bulb clicks in the gym, that's my next favorite part of like, and practice and practice and practice. And then, boom, light bulb clicks. And I'm like, that, that's core memories, tangible moments. I have so many I could just talk about, and it's really, really exciting. Like my old assistant, former alumni, he just got engaged and I got the the pictures and he took me out to dinner last week. And I'm like, I love, love. I love you both. I'm so proud. (laughs) Like, I feel like I was in the journey with them, you know? So it's, it's cool.
1: Oh, we're getting close to time, um, but just wanted to end it here with, um, you know, this episode will go out right before the new year. Do you okay. have any New Year's resolutions uh, that you are kind of looking towards? <laughs> uh,
2: so every year, my friends and I, we have had uh, like buzzwords. So like one year was like do epic fill in the blake. you know that was one year uh, last year um, my best friend and I were like choose violence like again Game of Thrones yeah I'm a big Game of Thrones buff yeah. uh, and I we choose violence a lot but it's you like you to know what next year is gonna be I know I know I, I'm all in House of the Dragon I'm all ready oh, but so good. Uh, I haven't I haven't got there yet like uh, okay. uh, everything's been. it's always been something organic I, I've already said at the beginning I want it to be organically I obviously want to win a lot. I want to have a lot more success, but now entering a different, I guess, era of my life and I want to have more I am actually choosing me this year for the first time and I that's weird. It feels kind of selfish because I never choose me, but it's the year of the year of me. Does that mean like Ooh, taking enough. some time off here and there? I, I actually just recently stepped back from the women's program, and that was probably the hardest thing I, I have ever really had to do because I, I want to do it all. Um, but it's been kind of in conversations for a while. and But I'm like, maybe now I can actually mentor in a different capacity these young women. And, yes, it's through sport, but now i can just i can be your friend i can really be your friend now and not okay i want to talk about playing time and video after this no i'm talking to you in a capacity that i need some love today and you can't call my mom can't call my best friend i can call you so you're of me there it is
1: Mm -hmm. uh yeah just to clarify stepping back from the women's program at mckendry Mm -hmm. uh, because now you're ad right
2: i am Uh, a director of volley head men's coach um assistant ad diversity yeah, yeah. All, all the titles yeah, yeah. There's a, it's a ter- terrible acronym but yeah. we're gonna figure it out
1: <laughs> the year of me i like that yeah. i think you just found it right, right i did here. i think <laughs> i just found it right now you <laughs> talked me through it organic yes organic there you go well nikki thank you so much no, for this taking is the time awesome to sit down and talk with us uh anything else that you'd like to share or talk about before we let you go here and wrap the i don't think up? we have enough
2: time i don't <laughs> think we have enough time guys i, I can uh, as a uh, My GA said, I can ramble for a long time. (laughs) We don't want to go. We don't want to go down that rabbit hole right now. I think she
0: rolled her
1: eyes. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to walk away and come back tomorrow. Nikki's still going to be here. I'm going to still be here. I'm going to be here. (laughs) I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you again. No, taking thank you for having to me. Time with us. This was awesome. It's awesome. Uh, and yeah, this has been the USA Volleyball Show, the official podcast of USA Volleyball. Uh, you can email us at the USAV Show at usav. org. And yeah, we've got a little bit of an audience here and uh, people walking by. This is the best part about the live show is yeah, you see people and you just like mm-hmm. kind of wave the like camera here. It's fun so. to see like who's <laughs> kind of engaged and who isn't too. And for, then yeah. a couple double takes <laughs> like, "What are they doing up there?
2: Right, <laughs> what are they right. talking about?" <laughs> yeah. I, I, I appreciate it. I. I <laughs> A little ticket back because she's yeah. like, it's going to be in the marketplace, but not in the marketplace yes. in the front.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very close. But yeah, yeah. Uh, fun times here in Tampa at the ABCA convention. And uh, I guess uh, the the championship will already have happened after this, but uh, definitely looking forward to watching that, too. Yeah. Next coming days. I'm excited. I'll be on my couch. I'll All be right. at home. <laughs> I appreciate that. This is the USA Volleyball Show, the official podcast of USA Volleyball. This has been the USA Volleyball Show with Clarence Hughes and Steven Munson, produced by Curtis Ward. Our content producer is Laura Fawcett. Our marketing lead is Bree Jaycox. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate and review. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the USA Volleyball Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.